Joe presents TKO together with 32 Red. Welcome to TKO on Joe together with 32 Red. We're a podcast and YouTube show with you every Thursday. This week we're coming to you from a live press conference, match and boxing in association with top rank ahead of a big unification clash at £135. Vasil Lomachenko, the WBA and WBO belt holder, takes on Britain's gold medalist from the Olympic Games in 2012, Luke Campbell. WBC green belt on the line at £135 too. One man will walk away with all three belts on Saturday night. I am so pleased to say that Carl Frampton is back with us because we've missed you for so long. Someone commented on I mean, one really? of the YouTube videos. He said, is it true that Carl has quit the show? And I said, absolutely is not. Is true? So, um, where, where does that come from? Like, I don't know, mate, just because maybe they'd Just because it wasn't on, but like, some, so someone said, Frampton's quit the show. Yeah, Someone's yeah. made that lie up. Exactly, yeah. Someone's made the lie up. I quashed the lie and it's good to have you back. So for whoever it was that was asking, Carl is back with us. Um, how was your holiday? It was great. Um, the most tan I've ever seen you, by the way. Very tan. Two days ago was a lot more tan as yeah, well. Yeah. I down a fair bit, <laughs> but um, a great holiday, and I feel like I'm happy that I came back not too fat from an all-inclusive. All yeah, <laughs> and I was too hot to eat. Yeah, it was mm. 45 degrees, 46 degrees sometimes. So, mm. but it was good. A good break. I needed it as well after the disaster that happened previously. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm glad you you kind of. If things seem like they're okay and, and we'll, we'll come on to that a bit later on let's talk about the fight on Saturday night Luke Campbell Vasil Lomachenko we saw their head to head a little bit earlier Luke's got a big height and reach advantage I think the, the only two southpaws Lomachenko's fought Gary Russell Jr. in game and Rigon though much much smaller fighters than himself yeah. um, of course you know the man that's going to be in his corner on Saturday night Shane McGuigan how important is he potentially going to be on Saturday well any coach would be very important to think that the, the phase a game plan to come up and beat Lomachenko it's going to be difficult for anyone we've seen that he's been beaten before by Orlando Salido but the style that beat him first of all he weighed in I think was he a lot, a seven lot pounds over the limit, yeah. overweight yeah. which he purposely done because he wanted to use that to his advantage and then he was dirty a lot of low blows and the fight was close but that was a different type of style and I think if that fight ever happened again Lomachenko would have worked him out and reversed that uh, decision that's the style to beat someone like Lomachenko or to try and beat him or to get close to beating him but Luke Campbell doesn't have that he's an out and out boxer he's a tall he's range he's southpaw I think it may be tricky for a while a couple of rounds but I think I think Lomachenko will stop him in eight or nine rounds he sort of likes to, to gather data early, doesn't he, Lomachenko? He'll just work you out. He'll let you do what you're going to do, throw some feints, see how you react. And then it's the, the, the sort of almost the gears he goes up through in rounds three, four and five. And the speed he goes through them yeah. seems to be unlike anything we've seen in modern nah, times. It's, it's amazing to watch. You, you look at his style and most times when, you're, when you see one side of fights, Rio Rahim, do you hear that? He is quite late. You can hear him from... He's probably broadcasting from the United States. <laughs> but when you have a style like Lomachenko that is so dominant against other fighters and he's winning fights and they're pretty one-sided, mm. other fights like that, you kind of switch the TV off or you're not paying attention because it's so one-sided. Lomachenko, you just keep watching. You're, he's, always in, he's always dominating opponents and he's winning fights pretty comfortably. But you just can't take your eyes off him and it's... I think it's we should be privileged as boxing fans that we're witnessing this. I'm honoured to be sitting ringside here, like watching this fight. I cannot wait to see it. I've never been as excited about being at a fight ever before, and I've been to some big fights. I think we're seeing an all-time great, someone that's going to be spoken the same breath as guys like 
Ray Leonard, as guys like Ali, as guys like Mike Tyson in 30, 40, 50 years' time. Well, you got to catch up with him uh, earlier on today. Let's have a listen to what Vasil Lomachenko said when he caught up with Carl earlier on this morning. Hello, Vasil. Hi. Thanks very much for coming on the show. We are pretty busy, um, so we'll get straight to it. Um, you have fought in the UK before as an amateur. You won the Olympic Games here. You've been to some big fights in the UK. Your friend, Alexander Usyk. What is it going to be like to make a professional debut here in London? You know, I, I think a lot of people come to uh, O2 Arena, a lot of fans who love boxing, and I think it will be a very unbelievable atmosphere. Okay. Um, you said that you want to become undisputed at 135. Is the plan then after that to move to 140? No, no. Maybe after that I... He come back go down one thirty. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, because it's my uh, this weight class is more comfortable for me and it it's more easy easy for me because one thirty five it's it's not my weight and uh, as you see uh, all my opponents they are, they are bigger than me yeah. they have bigger reach so for me comfortable it, it's one thirty. Okay, you've. Um I'm sure you've seen that Floyd Mayweather has said that he's going to wait until you get old to allow Gervonta Davis to fight you. How do you feel about them comments? I, I don't care because I know, I know myself, I know my uh, goal, I know my dream. and This is my life and uh, uh, I want to come back 1.30 and fight with, uh, fight with uh, Gervonta Davis and show, show for all people who talk who are talking about my age yeah finally um in my opinion and everyone's opinion you have the best feet work in boxing thank you i look at young kids and when they ask me for advice i say don't copy lomachenko he's too good <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would your advice be to, to a young kid and, and how to improve footwork? you know my my opinion you need you need train Every day, and and you need uh, use different sports. Mm. It's a football. It's a, it's a all sports where you use uh, your feet. Yeah. So if you train different sports, it's help you in a boxing. Okay. And uh, when we were busy, man. So that's that's everything. That's all the questions. Thank cool. you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So Lomachenko there indicating if all goes well over the next 12 months that he'll be looking to move back down rather than go up. I mean, we saw the head-to-head, he looked very, very small uh, up against Luke Campbell, so really we're seeing 135 as his limit. I, I guess great to get an opportunity to speak to him. Um, what did you make of, of his comments about going down and, and setting yeah, up a few fights there? It was really interesting. I kind of um, eerie-wigged in that interview that John Denham was doing as well um, with Bob Arum, and he said that they talk about potentially a fight some point down the stage at 126 back down to 126 for Lomachenko against Inui which would be wow what a fight that would be imagine in in sort of Tokyo or somewhere like that of course and what an exciting fight Um, but I can't see anyone in the round in divisions beating Lomachenko Inui's a great fighter he's coming up through the weights but I don't even think someone like him who's being feared in them sort of weight divisions by a lot of people I don't think he has a chance against Lomachenko well, you think how good Rigondo was and Gary yeah. Russell Jr. is and those yeah. guys at 126 
I mean, I know we've gone, they came up a couple of weights to fight him, but they couldn't get anywhere near him. Size was a factor. And when you're as good as he is and you move as well as he does, I think a lot of those other attributes that those guys have are negated by the, the, just the wizardry that he displays. Yeah, that, and that wizardry, if that's a word, that, is. Is, a, that, <laughs> that is the word that I would use for Lomachenko. Oh, he's, he's a quality fighter yeah. and he's got a completely unique style. Like, you can't really compare him to any fighter, fighter that's ever been before no. because there's no one with a style like him um, I just love watching him really love watching him I'd love to spar him you know just you? to see just to see if I could hit him yeah <laughs> Luke, Luke has had obviously Josh Taylor for, for sparring who's yeah. the weight above but again a very slick southpaw there's lots of combinations you're never going to be able to replicate somebody like no. Lomachenko because of his, his uniqueness but that's not bad no no I think that you're, you're never going to be able to completely replicate someone but I think I think that is probably in terms of any sparring you could get anywhere in the world that's probably ideal preparation for Lomachenko Josh Taylor is a quality fighter he's similar attributes to um, Lomachenko not the same type of fighter completely but I don't know another fighter who is as similar to Lomachenko in the world um, Egis Klimas summed it up very well at the press conference he said this is also a good show of solidarity two promoters working together this will be the third show Eddie and Bob have done together this year um, Krola Lomachenko of course and then Hooker Ramirez and now yeah. this on Saturday night um, an important sort of signpost to other promoters and, and fans of the sport that the way to get these big fights made and, and yeah, secure the, the biggest and best matchups in the sport is for the top promoters to work absolutely. together absolutely and it makes sense them all to work together they can all make they can make the big fights that the fans want to see and boxers want to see and boxers want to be involved and they can make them if they work together and I think it's starting to happen a little bit more often where the top promoters are starting to work together um, apart from a few I don't want to mention anyone but there's a few that kind of like to do it their own way still um, but hopefully hopefully the taste changing and we'll start to see all the promoters working together to make boxing what it should be and exciting the exciting sport that it used to be so big fight on Saturday night then and the other man on the other side of the promotional table is Bob Arum flown all over the world this year over 50 years as a boxing promoter of course he sits behind Vasyl Lomachenko this Saturday night and Carl and I were very privileged to catch up with him earlier on this morning well Bob thank you very much for, for taking time out of your, your busy schedule pleasure to be here a pleasure to have you here um, Carl good to see you back as well Thanks, and man. I didn't realise this is the first time that you two have, have met is that yeah. right? yeah it is I was I, Going to be at the his fight in Philadelphia <laughs> when the freakest accident in the history in my history occurred when a building fell down <laughs> on his hand. Mm. I mean, something really anything can happen in this sport. Mm. Although I think you said earlier you haven't seen anything quite like that in never, years. never ever happened like that. If it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have believed it. Mm. I would have mm. said bullshit. He's lying. Yeah. All right. How is it then? I seen a specialist last night and it's on the mend. Um, so it was a pretty clean break. Um, he reckons three or four weeks, probably four weeks, and I, I can start back like punching again. So um, I'd be looking to get out hopefully before the end of the year. And this man beside me is going to help me, I think. Yeah, we either will get it in before the end of the year, probably the beginning of January. Maybe the first or second week in January, we have a date that we've tentatively penciled, called in for. Do you have any idea who that would be against? I again, that's uh, that's over my pay grade. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, I, but you know, a, a very very credible fighter because I think 
there, and I know there are many opportunities for call, whether it's at featherweight or more likely at 130, because we have uh, under our banner at top rank two of the 130-pound champions, uh, Herring, the Fighting Marine, and uh, Bell Shirt, mm. uh, uh, who's uh, uh, fighting a tough fight uh, with Sosa, who was on the undercard of Carl's fight in Philadelphia. Mm. Is, is 130 pounds going to be too much of a stretch for you size-wise? Or Don't do, think do you so. think that would be okay? I'm used to, look, the guys are, are, are bigger. Um, they are bigger on me, but I've, I've been fighting guys that are bigger on me my whole career. Um, so I'm not, although I'm short, I'm not a small fella with um, I'm pretty compact. Um, and it's it's not easy to do featherweight. So if an opportunity came up for me at one thirty, mm. it gives me a chance to become a three weight world champion, and the only man on the island of Ireland to ever ever do it, which is which would be amazing. Obviously, we know Valdez has, has vacated the WBO and moved up. He's coming up to one thirty as well, exactly. Right, and uh, eventually, uh, if both of them are successful, we can do a unification. Mm. At 1.30, which would be a monster fight. Because, mm. of course, being the WBO champ, he will be automatically, if he wants to, Jamal Herring's mandatory. Herring, I heard him talking on a podcast a few weeks ago, said he doesn't think Valdez wants to fight him and he would favour fighting Bushelt, which would, of course, leave the door open for you to fight Herring. And, as you say, potentially the winners could meet later on. Absolutely. We'll, we'll work that out so that... Uh, each of them, Frampton and uh, uh, Valdez, fight a champion and then uh, perhaps meet uh, later on in the year for a monster fight. Sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good to me. Good to me, too. So, Bob, you have been in boxing for over 50 years. Yeah, a lot over 50. <laughs> uh, I think I'm right in saying the first fight you worked on in a promotional capacity was Ali against Chivalo in 66. Yeah, March of 66. Oh, he knows the month, wow. Um, 50 years later, what is it that keeps you getting out of bed in the morning? Well, you know, boxing is a great sport. And it's a great sport because it's an individual sport. Uh, So uh, the sportsmen in the sport of boxing are on their own. When they, they have trainers and so forth, but when the bell rings... You know, they're on their own. Mm. And and it's a wonderful thing to promote, and it's a wonderful sport to watch. So if I didn't like it, uh, if I didn't get immersed in the sport, at my age, I wouldn't be doing it. Mm. But for me, you know, I meet calls, so now, hey, I'm going to help with Carl's career. And uh, 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 I came... I was in his hometown of uh, uh, earlier this month for uh, uh, for Mick Conlon's fight uh, in a great, great atmosphere. It's fun. Uh, this summer, I've done a uh, assistant in a fight promotion in Kazakhstan uh, with the MTK that we work very, very closely with. Uh, and then I was in uh, Osaka, Japan for a middleweight championship fight. And uh, then Belfast, and now here. I mean, isn't that wonderful? You can go see the world and meet all different kinds of people and, and realize 
how similar, even though we're different, we're really similar. It's not just uh, the Brits and the Irish and the Americans, but it's the Japanese and the Kazakhs. Everybody has a lot of similarities. Mm. You've done a fair bit of traveling with your career amateur and pro as well. I've been lucky enough as an amateur. I'm still um, pretty young and it's something that I appreciate to travel. I've traveled all over the world as an amateur and, and I've been lucky enough to fight um, well, mainly in this side of the, the water as a, as a pro, but I've, I've fought a few times in the States, East Coast and West Coast, so I love to travel, and I love to see people, and I love to do new things, so um, boxing is something that has allowed me to do that. Mm. Speaking of a man that loves to travel, Vasyl Lomachenko headlines on Saturday night at the O2. Um, I think the third or fourth time he's boxed here, three times as, as an amateur. Um, one man walks away on Saturday with three of the belts um, at lightweight, We've had two undisputed champions in the last two years. Terence Crawford, 140 pounds. Vassal Lomachenko, stablemate, Alexander Yusik uh, at cruiserweight. Who's, uh, who's Lomachenko's best friend. Best friend, right. <laughs> and, of course, trained by his father. Um, everything in terms of the, the path that these guys are on Saturday at lightweight seems to be moving towards an undisputed clash early next year. Does it feel like that's what's going to happen to you? Well... You have to understand, and I'm going to tell you the truth. One of the smartest people that I've ever met in boxing is Loma's father, Anatoly. This guy is an absolute genius as a trainer and as a tactician. And he sat me down with an interpreter because he doesn't speak much English. And he plotted out the course that he wanted Loma to take. You know, Loma was the uh, WBO champion, uh, and then uh, he fought Linares for the BA. And then the question is, because Loma's goal was to uh, win all four titles, who he would go for, Comey or uh, Campbell? And uh, my idea was to put Campbell with uh, Teofimo Lopez mm. and have Loma go after Comey. And the father said no. There was no way the father said that Teofimo Lopez would beat Campbell. No way. Wow. And he thought there was a chance that Lopez could beat Comey and a Lopez fight against Loma would be a major pay-per-view fight in the United States. Hmm. So I can't take credit for, for this bet. The credit goes to, to Vasily's father, who is an absolute, for me, it is such a pleasure talking with that man. Hmm. Um, it's interesting that he thought he wouldn't beat, uh, he Cam- wouldn't, he wouldn't beat Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's highly touted, isn't he, Teofimo Lopez, in the States, one of Dave McWhorter's uh, fighters. Exactly correct. Yeah. And he's a very, very good fighter and he fights for us. And uh, But uh, uh, Anatoly saw something that he said it would be too dangerous mm. to put Lopez in with Campbell, which meant to me that he has tremendous respect for Campbell. Yeah, mm. it's a very interesting. Um, Lopez and Comey are on a collision course. The rumoured date is uh, December 14th at Madison Square Garden. Is that a confirmed date at this point? I don't know what confirmed means. That's that's on our board. 
yeah, it, so I yeah, it is confirmed. Uh, we hope to have. Let me explain. December fourteenth. We have in the United States, we're crazy about college football. Mm. And on December 14th this year, uh, they will be awarding, it's an annual thing, the best college football player. It gets a huge television rating. And it's done in New York. And a few blocks from Madison Square Garden, where people can walk over from that awards ceremony to come to Madison Square Garden for a big fight. So we are planning uh, a a tremendous triple header in Madison Square Garden. Uh, Mick Conlon will be one of the fights, uh, maybe against the Russian if he's recovered. That would be interesting. Mm. Uh, And Terrence Crawford uh, hopefully will be on that card. And Comey and Lopez. Big, big event. That's what we're planning for December 14th. It's the last show of the year. And... It traditionally, whether it's December 7th or 14th, depending on when the Heisman is awarded, gets the biggest ratings for boxing. Great stuff. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, rivalries in boxing promotion over the years. You and Don King famously were head-to-head for for so many of those years in, in the golden eras of boxing. These days, some of those promotional divides can get in the way of, certainly in the UK, there is a line drawn and fighters don't really tend to step over it. You and Eddie have worked together a couple of times this year, Hooker Ramirez, which turned out to be a great event. You'll work together again on Saturday night. How important is it going forwards that promoters extend that olive branch and decide to work together for the good of sport? Well, it's idiocy for promoters not to work together. Makes absolutely no sense. Now, it's true that King and I were tremendous rivals. But King and I knew enough to work together to make big fights, whether it was Leonard and Duran or Delahoya and Trinidad and lesser fights. And the thing, no matter what we thought of each other, we could always figure out what the other guy was doing so we could play off each other. So when the fight happened, it was even bigger than it would ordinarily have been. So that was, you know, King was very, very clever. And uh, uh, while we had a dislike to some extent for each other, we knew when the time came to work together. Now, with a lot of these promoters now, it's different. And the reason it's different is because promoters now for our top rank, we have an exclusive arrangement with ESPN in the United States. Uh, Eddie Hearn's Matchroom has an exclusive arrangement in the United States with The Zone, which is a new streaming service. So it is more difficult to to uh, to do do fights together. But we have found a way uh, not to interfere with each other and yet work together. Let me give you an example. Uh, Lomachenko is one of the premium fighters on ESPN. Uh, when Krola somehow became the mandatory to Lomachenko, 
Uh, Eddie could have forced us to purse bid, could have maybe outbid us, put the fight on the zone. Uh, the guy who runs the zone now is a good friend of ours, John Skipper, and he wouldn't have any of that. The, so Eddie got more money than he deserved for Corolla, but we're able to make that fight on ESPN. Now, this fight with Campbell and Lomachenko, instead of going to war, we figured out how to do it. And the way we did it is Eddie would have the rights for England, plus the lot put the, the fight on in England, but the fight would be televised in the United States uh, on ESPN+. Plus. So you can work it out. But I think it, it, the... The difficulty we've had is with PBC, with Heyman. Uh, Heyman doesn't like to work together with any promoter. Uh, and uh, But uh, we're going to be working together uh, for the uh, uh, Fury-Wilder championship and the rematch, both fights having been signed uh, starting next year, early next year. Uh, so maybe that will break the ice, and that will lead uh, to the ability to put together in the welterweight division the fight that everybody wants to see, uh, his Spence against uh, Bud Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think wins that fight? Oh, it's a difficult one to call. Um, two of my favorite fighters on the planet at the minute, along with the man um, that we're here to see at the weekend as well, Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. So that's that's, that's one of them fights where I think I'd probably change my mind 20 times, so I'll leave it until closer to the date, and then I'll, I'll pick one, but it's, it's, it's right down the middle for me. Mm. Um, Bob talking a lot of sense about you know, working together in, in promotional sense. We've seen Billy Joe Saunders recently take the move over to Matchroom. Rumours that Callum Smith is, is maybe touting offers from other promoters as well because he's not happy. Has it ever affected you as a fighter, being on one side of, of the promotional divide, and, and do you remember any opportunities that maybe you weren't able to? Well, it took a pretty under- long time to make the quick fight. Yeah, and and a, it, the quick fight for me, it, it turned into it was a unification fight when it eventually happened. But so it probably worked out well. It, it should have been a fight for the British title. I was talking about fighting Scott Quigg for a, a, quite a long time. Mm. Apart from that, not really. No, um, I haven't affected too much by it. Were the negotiations between Cyclone and, and Eddie, were they, were they difficult at the time? I think they were, yeah. I wasn't involved in the negotiations, mm. but they, they, from what I was getting back, seemed to be difficult. Um, there was a lot of breakdowns in, in negotiations. And the stuff even, the Santa Cruz fights, well, that was a, another example of um, me not, the things not working out how they should have for me. I fought them once. I fought him straight away in the rematch, mm. and we're still waiting on the rubber match, which I don't think will ever happen now. Be nice, though, wouldn't it? It would be nice. Um, Bob, you've known Eddie for a number of years. He was, he was young. I worked with his father. Yeah, Eddie was a little guy, young guy then. <laughs> Not little. He was always a tall kid, but he was a young guy. So I've known Eddie for a long time. Mm. What do you make of him as as a man, as a promoter? Well, I, you know, a promoter. I, I, you know, I, I think it would be inappropriate for me to judge. And he's a good man, uh, but his problem has been that he went over to the United States, and like a lot of people who come to the United States, uh, they emulate 
the top guy in the United States, the president. So Eddie has picked up a lot of traits of Trump. <laughs> he says a lot of stuff that's absolutely outrageous, like Trump. I always have felt that Eddie would have been better off when he came to the United States if Obama had been president. <laughs> so he would have spoken in a lot more reasonable way. But, you know, Eddie has become, to a large extent, uh, everybody laughs at him. Be- the, the one thing about Eddie you can say is that he'll, he'll give as good as he gets and he will take a joke. So you can take... You can, you can put it on Eddie a bit and he's got a sense of humor. Well, he does. The, the best example of that was when my good friend Tommy Coyle pulled his pants down in a hotel lobby in Boston. Well, you're not getting away with that again, uh, with Frank Warren, for example. No, I, I don't think so. Not a child. <laughs> <laughs> but he done it. And I what remember about Frank? Well, Tommy, Tommy Coyle, Carl's stable mate, yeah. um, pulled Eddie's shorts down at an airport on video a few months ago. I don't know if you've seen it. It was a hotel, it was it was a hotel lobby though. and it was all over the internet. And yeah. It was just before Tommy was fighting on one of Eddie's bills. And I remember thinking at the time... That's a risk. This is a big risk. But Eddie took it well. He did take it well. Yeah, Frank is a good guy. Because I I had lunch with Frank yesterday uh, in a restaurant at Mayfair. And we started at 1 o'clock and then some lawyer of Frank's came over and we didn't end the lunch until 6 o'clock telling stories. Frank gets a bit of stick. Frank, I have nothing but good things to say about Frank Warren. He's, he's been very good to me, and um, I've always got on pretty well with him. Mm. And obviously key to, to your link-up with Bob. Yeah, the link-up with Bob as well. And MTK was the main reason with the link-up with Bob. Obviously, top rank and MTK are working pretty closely now, so I'm very lucky and privileged to be in the position I am, considering I lost my last fight. It was a good fight, but I lost it. I lost it pretty convincingly. So to come out of that and link up with Top Rank, who in my opinion are the biggest promotional outfit on the planet. Um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Good stuff. Well, fingers crossed for, for a kind of a better start to next year than uh, than this one's been. Um, yeah. Well, this was the freakiest thing ever. <laughs> wasn't it, Just? So, Bob, uh, it is the time of the show which we always put upon our guests to do the 32-second challenge uh, with 32 Red. This is Bob Aram. So I'm going to read you a list of words, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. After each word. After each word. Okay. Okay. Uh, Muhammad Ali. The greatest of all time. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. A hell of a fighter, great man, great... I mean, it was a pleasure promoting him, and it's a pleasure knowing, you know, being with him. Uh, boxing promotion. Boxing promotion is an art. It really is. It seems easy, and people go into it all the time and fall on their ass. Uh, Floyd Mayweather. Good, good defensive fighter. Floyd, we promoted Floyd for ten and a half years. Uh, Floyd had an idea of how he could promote himself, which I was just too old to understand, and Floyd was right, and he hit that urban market, made a lot of money. Mm. Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, terrific man, great, great fighter, tremendous talent, fighting hard, should retire because he's going to be president of his country, and you don't want the guy to be punch drunk. Uh, Don King. Don King was a great, great rival, a terrific promoter, a guy who caused excitement any place he went, but he was and always has been a scoundrel. 
And <laughs> uh, finally, the sport of boxing. Sport of boxing is a great, great sport. Great young men and now women uh, who give their all. There's no excuse, you know, in in American football, in your in your your football, which we call soccer. Uh, you can always blame a teammate when you screw up, but in boxing, you can only blame yourself. Bob Arrow, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining Thanks. us. Thanks. Cheers. So Bob Arum, 88 years of age uh, this year, over 50 years in the game as a boxing promoter. And it's an unforgiving business, but he doesn't seem to have become disillusioned with it at any point. Seems, still seems to have the love for the game that he had that's, when he started. That's the impression I got when we spoke to him. He, he can tell that he loves the sport. He loves, sounds like he loves boxers. And he, he, he understands how tough a sport it is. He's been around for a very long time. As you said, he's coming 88 years old and he's still travelling all over the world. He's in Kazakhstan recently. Um, he's now in London. He was just back from a holiday in the Bahamas, I think mm, he told us. Japan so. early this year as well, I think. He obviously loves the sport and, in my opinion, he's still the top promoter in the game. He's very much a guy that I think Eddie Hearn looks up to. He doesn't really have much choice. It's not often you see Eddie sort of put in his place by somebody because he's yeah. a man that's good with words but I think you have to respect somebody that's been in the game Eddie was talking to us earlier and saying it was a, a kind of a, an open press conference where they were saying what's your what's your favourite moment and he was saying Darren Barker's world title was one of my favourite personal moments and they said Bob what was yours and he said well probably a thriller in Manila I think <laughs> and, and, and Eddie just said well what, what more can you really say yeah. you know to that nah, he's, uh, he's very wise he's very clever he's, he's completely switched on and obviously you just have to respect. If you disrespect someone of Bob Arum's stature, then it's not going to down, go down pretty well for you. So he's admired all over the world. Um, I'm lucky to be working with him now at the latter stage of my career. And uh, Bob Arum, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best to ever do it. He's promoted some of the biggest names in world boxing. Mm. And uh, I could just listen to him all day. Yeah, me too. Stories are amazing. Elsewhere on Joe this week, you may remember earlier on this summer, former England rugby star James Haskell announced he was hanging up the boots. This week on House of Rugby, he announced he was moving to the sport of MMA. For years, I've been doing wrestling, bits of jiu-jitsu, um, you know, bits of boxing and everything else like that. I've always done that. I've really enjoyed it. I was going to do the training anyway. And then when the Bellator opportunity came across, I said, you know what? I'd love to test myself. I'd love to see... You know, am I tough? Am I not tough? You know, what, what's the story? And I think that all the coaches from, from Shoot Fires, I sat down with them, I talked to them about it. I said, listen, what, what's your vibe? Am I mad? And they felt, they felt that there was some, some real mileage in it. So I, I've just thrown myself into their hands. You know, I'm already training pretty much three, four times a week already. Are you? Um, you know, when, by the time I get into the cage, will be dictated by kind of Bellator and by what my coaches at Shoot Fighters say and whether I'm ready. That kind of stuff's out of my hand. It's, in this world, I've kind of gone back to being kind of an academy player really I'm, I, I'm do as I'm told I don't really have much of a you know input but everything about this was to make sure that I uh, you know go on another journey really I think what an exciting chapter the lightweight picture seems to be unfolding 135 pounds here Fimeo Lopez and Richard Comey he's confirmed now he's going to be on December 14th yeah. the winner will fight the winner and ultimately next year we should all things being equal have a lightweight undisputed world champion yeah which we don't see very often in any weight division someone owning all the belts and um, if there's anyone in any division that I think will do it um, it's probably Vasily Lomachenko mm. he's a quality fighter um, I, I, I just can't I can't speak highly enough of him I love watching him 
I think that the way he's went about his business, the way he does things, he's, he's a character, he's funny, he's personable, he, he speaks well to the press, but he can fight. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just excited. I think that I think he's going to need a fight of vision. I think he'll do it in the next two fights. Well, listen, mate, if he does and he goes back down to £126, we found your next opponent, haven't we? I think I'll be retired by then. Yeah, I think not a bad shout. Um, Carl, great to have you back, mate. Thanks for your time today. And thank you at home for watching TKO on Joe together with 32 Red. And we will see you again, as always, next week. You've been listening to TKO on Joe together with 32 Red.